Hi, I'm Joanna Barron. And I'm Leslie Gray. Welcome to the Love and Dividends podcast where women get smart about money. We'll share interviews and conversations about optimizing your finances, getting started with investing, and building wealth. Today, we're kicking off a mini-series on women in the cannabis space, and we're starting with an all-star. Trang Trin is founding co-director and CEO of Trek Brands. She is one of the only female CEOs in the cannabis space. She became interested in cannabis while she was working in M&A consulting at Deloitte when she was sent to Jamaica to set up a cannabis company for a client in Kingston and left shortly thereafter to co-found Trek Brands with partners Charles Claybooth and Basim Hanna. Trang tells us about Trek Brands, an umbrella company she co-founded that encompasses three cannabis brands, Wink, Blist, and Thumbs Up. We also discuss negative stigma surrounding female cannabis users, the emerging body of knowledge about the benefits of CBD and cannabis, and the importance of giving back and putting your money where your mouth is. Enjoy. Okay, so we are here with all-star Trang, uh, Trang Trin of Trek Brands, um, who is doing a lot of very interesting and creative things in the cannabis space. How are you doing, Trang? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank are you, you for joining us? Are you? What's your your WFH situation? Are you fully working from home or? Um, yeah, so our whole team at Trek, we've uh, transitioned to a work from home model actually before the province even mandated it. So I think we've been in this situation since March twelfth, I believe. Um, I've started slowly going into the office a little bit here and there, but uh, primarily uh, connect with the team through Zoom calls and Google Hangouts, and we've actually adapted quite well to this model. Awesome. Very cool. So uh, why did you decide to enter the cannabis space where you work, and uh, what has been the most eye-opening thing about it to you? Tell us more about your work and what you do. Sure. Um, So before entering the cannabis sector, I actually spent uh, four and a half years at Deloitte in the M&A practice, um, where I got the opportunity to cover many different transactions in the space in the life sciences sector, the retail sector, and also cannabis. So that really was what opened up my... um, my eyes to the opportunities in this space. Um, in starting Trek, it was hugely because this is such a nascent industry and it's really the ability to shape a new industry and to make an impact the way that we want to um, with a product that I'm passionate about. Um, and with Trek, there's such an incredible, smart, passionate, knowledgeable team. Um, and we are really trying to lead in this space by our values. Um, that's what Trek affectionately stands for is trust, respect, equality, and compassion. I love wow. that. It reminds yeah. me of, um, I'm going to date myself, but I was, I don't know, 12 when it was like raver time. And there was this, there's the acronym PLUR for peace, love, unity, and respect. So when I saw <laughs> Trek was <laughs> trust, respect, uh, and what are the other two? Sorry. Equality and compassion. I love it. Mm, Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I think that this is so important because 
you know, this industry hasn't been around for that long. And when we look at many other industries, it's important to start off um, from a values-based foundation, we believe. Um, And I think the way we treat our employees, the way we treat our partners, um, our vendors, ultimately trickles down to our consumers as well. And I think that that is hugely important that we make all of our business decisions based on the foundation of trust, respect, equality, and compassion. And just to follow up on it, because Deloitte to the cannabis space is in some ways kind of a big bridge to Gap. And so can you talk a little bit about how you assembled your team and sort of how that materialized? My current team or my team at Deloitte? Uh, Your current team. Sure. Um, I I would say that in building up Trek, a lot of our team members actually came in uh, via way of of word of mouth and knowing one each other, knowing one another in our previous lives. Um, But I would say that in terms of building the specific pillars of our team, um, because our business model is a house of brands. Uh, where we focus on sales and marketing, and we don't we don't own any of the licenses or um, we're not an LP, so we don't focus on the cultivating or processing or manufacturing. Um, we needed to build teams around um, that had expertise in marketing, expertise in sales, and also expertise in operations and getting a product to market. Um, so those were sort of the the pillars that we originally looked at in, in building up the skill sets uh, for the team. Okay, cool. Um, and so, yeah, so as you mentioned, Trek is really um, an interesting player in the market because it's not an LP, you're not involved in growing and cultivating. Um, but what's cool is I feel like you guys are one of the only companies that is actually going into marketing and sort of presenting cannabis as you know because the whole idea of legalization is that it becomes a consumer good and a regulated consumer good and so some of the branding is really cool and so obviously as a feminist woman focused podcast we were most intrigued by blist which is the female focused lifestyle brand um and i know that part of it is not just market to women so that you your company can get our dollars but also to break down perceived stigma around women and cannabis so can you um talk a little bit about that and how that created an opportunity in the market um but also about just the stigma of cannabis and women for sure um and just to take a step back i know you mentioned the way our business model works we actually have um some friendly competition in the space too that we absolutely um adore um ace valley has a very similar business model as we do and so does our uh, friends at high noon um so there are a few of these house of brands that are now um you know coming up into this space um and i'd say that there's obviously lots of opportunities for brands to play because, um, you know, in the past, LPs have really focused on the cultivating and the processing and the manufacturing and brands are sort of, you know, their last thought. Um, So now there's more and more brands to hopefully um, cater to all different types of consumers out there. 
but Blist is uh, definitely my favorite one as well. Um, if I'm allowed to say that, it's the one that I can relate to um, the most. Um, and as you mentioned, it is a female-focused uh, lifestyle brand. And um, when we did our research into launching a brand like Blist, we uh, surveyed a lot of women consumers within Canada, um, but we also leveraged a lot of other studies that had already been done as well. And in speaking to the stigma, um, there was a recent study that was done that showcased that 70% of women that use cannabis still feel the sting of negative stigmas. And I think that this has a lot to do with societal pressures that women are, you know, looked upon to be the caretakers, to be the perfect mom, to be the perfect wife, to be the, you know, the perfect daughter to take care of her parents. Um, so I think the stigma exists because of these societal pressures that, that, and women fear that they're being judged, that if they use cannabis, that they're judged as being a stoner or they're lazy or they're a bad parent. And so when we launched Bliss, the goal was really to launch a community and an educational hub that encourages women to drop the stigmas and be open about their cannabis usage and to be able to also share their joy with others. So our first product was actually not a cannabis product itself, but it was our online tool um, community, beblist.com, where we share a lot of information, whether it's Cannabis 101, whether it's stories from other cannabis users. It's really to create a, a, a hub and a community where women can trust and feel comfortable getting their source of information about cannabis. And yeah, then, so you cool. started a community and so now, but you do have a suite of products. And yes. Can you just tell us about them? Because they are yeah. yeah. really beautiful and fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we created these purposely designed products that really focus around the, the theme of wellness and self-care. We have three products out in the market under our Blist brand right now. One is called Blist Breathe, and that is our high CBD oil. Um, this one is something that I actually use every day. It's a full spectrum oil made with MCT, um, blended with MCT, um, and it's a product that um, we we creatively use in, in um, many of our blogs around cooking, um, adding to recipes, adding to cocktails, etc. Um, it's a very versatile product that's out there, or you can use it your typical way of just dropping it on your tongue as well. But with the CBD oil, there's lots of creative ways that you can add it to your everyday self-care routine. And so is it CBD, does it have any THC in it? It has very small traces of THC in it, um, and that is because for CBD to actually work, you need tiny amounts of THC to activate the compound. Cool. Yeah, CBD um, has been a game changer for me. It's for everything, for recovery, if I've been working out too hard, I even like it gives me a creative buzz in the afternoon. I just love it. And topically, it's like super anti-inflammatory. It's just like yes. a miracle compound. Agreed. Yeah. And I, for me, um, when pre-COVID, when I was working out a whole lot more, I used to <laughs> add them to my shakes after my workout. Like you said, it's, it really helps with muscle recovery. 
That's so cool. I think the stigma thing's so interesting because, you know, for women, if it was like a bottle of Chardonnay, we'd just call them a real housewife and be like, man, that's yeah. what women do. But <laughs> there's something But that's what cannabis. I think is interesting. You have this archetype of like the boozy housewife, which is yeah, totally which is acceptable for some reason. But it's yeah. totally sexist and gross, right? Also like, sexist There's and nothing gross. wrong oh, yeah, with true. enjoying a glass of wine. Um, and then on the other hand, you got, yeah, you have the other sexist archetype of like, the stoner mama. Um, exactly. And, you know, most women are fit into neither category and there's totally, totally. a dignified self-care, you know, nourishing way to enjoy wine and cannabis. Um, totally. So I think it's great that you're not just providing products to help that, but actually just like providing archetypes and images of like, you know, Trang Trek, sorry, Trang Trin mm -hmm. of Trek brands who, you know, uses CBD and works out and, you know, runs a company and, you know, nobody, nobody is like a lazy slacker here. So I think it's really cool. Thank and the self-care element. Yes. I really yeah. like that. And, and we it. really tried to highlight that in our last campaign that you can find on our website as well called Nothing to Hide, where Ooh. we um, highlighted uh, three incredible women um, where they speak about their cannabis usage. One is um, she's a, a personal trainer in Toronto, um, runs her own gym, and so how she uses it for muscle recovery. Um, we also had Roxy, who is a big influencer um, in, in Canada, and um, you know how she uses CBD, and then we also had um, an, an, a someone from the art community as well, and, and how she uses CBD to get creative. So it's really neat to be able to share these stories with with other women, um, and to be able to relate to our end consumer. Yeah, and just on a personal note. Um, I have terrible cramps, not to be a TMI, but <laughs> we're all, most of us are women here and CBD has been so helpful for my menstrual cycle. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Total game changer. So just putting it out there, it could work for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I've heard many other women use it for the same. Um, and I mentioned we had three products, so that was really our first one. And then we also have another oil called Blist Basque, and this is a balance ratio oil where there's equal parts of CBD and THC. So for uh, for anyone that wants to feel a little bit of a high, um, this oil is is perfect for that. Um, and then lastly, we have Blist Beach, which is our um, high CBD pre-roll. So it's a two to one CBD to THC. Again, um, it it's, has calming effects, keeps you happy, but also very sociable at the same time because it's a pretty low dosage of THC. Um, but it's for someone that wants to feel a little bit more of a kick when they're using cannabis. Nice. So uh, where do you see the biggest growth opportunities happening right now in the space? Like, for example, what would be the most underrated aspect from an investor standpoint? I'm probably biased, but I would definitely say brands. Um, creating brands that connect to the end consumer. Uh, right now, the consumer is very much focused on price and percentage of THC. So, you know, especially 
during COVID and as the country heads into a little bit of a recession, um, we're, we are seeing that consumers are more focused on how they filter their product selection is lowest price, highest THC. However, I do believe that as cannabis continues to become destigmatized, de the consumer base and preference will evolve where consumers will be looking to something that speaks to them. And that's where brands definitely come into play. Um, our brands Wink, Bliss, and Thumbs Up each reflect exciting and growing segments of the cannabis market. Um, they're not huge segments, especially Wink and Bliss right now, um, because those are still new consumers to the market. But um, eventually, you know, a couple years down the road from now, consumers will be looking towards brands that will, will cater to them. Um, the other uh, part of the industry is more the the non-sexy parts of the business so um, whether it's you know cannabis fertilizers or lab testing um, there's this quote that mm. i like to to reference um, during the gold rush it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business um, so what that means is instead of trying to dig for the gold you sell the item that everyone will use right so in in the case of um, cannabis, instead of making money by selling cannabis, you're, you're better off selling accessories and products that producers, processors, and retailers will need versus selling to the end consumer. Which cool. would be, in this case, like rolling papers? <laughs> rolling papers, you know, um, uh, like mach machinery, um, you know, rolling machines, um, you know, the, 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 the parts where consumers don't usually see um and are there players that are that are worth looking at that are making the machinery that might be interesting to buy a stock in for example um yeah so i there are lots of players in the space um i i don't know the names off the top of my head but in in terms of um fertilizers and you know the actual um uh what, what the cannabis grows in. There has been a company uh, that I've been looking at called Scott's Miracle Grow. Um, and they've been, I think, have done a pretty uh, good job in this space. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just looking them up right now and uh, their stock seems to be doing quite well. Yeah, it's a Very good cool. tip. I, I, yeah, it's cool to think about... Uh, the brands and like, I know Wink is, um, Wink is I think marketed for like an upscale recreational user, if I recall correctly. Like I got the image of like, you pull up with the red carpet with your your chic pre-roll, but I don't know if I'm totally mischaracterizing. No, that, that that's actually a huge part of the market for Wink is around um, a little bit more of a unique product that's not for the mass consumer, but for someone that's looking for something a little bit different. Um, and, and it is catering towards a more creative crowd around fashion, art, and music. Um, and that's because this brand was originally created by Charles Caboose, uh, who is one of our founders and sits on our board. And it revolves around a little bit of his lifestyle of like a little bit more upscale um you know he's he he uh, runs 
a huge part of the hospitality industry um, in in Toronto and the GTA. So his art galleries and more upscale restaurants. So the, that's the clientele that we are um, catering to with that brand. And and who gets to curate the the actual product? Like, do you get to sample all of this high end cannabis? Like, how does that happen? Does that sound so the, really fun? <laughs> um, so we have an incredible, super smart, passionate product team um, within Trek, and they are on the daily, calling licensed producers, finding product in the market. Um, the issue or the problem is we actually can't sample the product per se until it hits the shelves or if um, if one of our LPs has a uh, research and development license and even then it's still very limited in what you can do because of Health Canada rules. So what we have to rely on are um, the testing that comes back from the labs, you know, does it hit a certain potency, does it have a certain percentage of terpenes, but we do get to go and and smell the products, but you can't actually sample it before it hits the shelves because of the regulations. Fair enough. Must abide by the Cannabis Act. Live and die yep. by it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So one thing that's very unique about Trek is, if I understand correctly, you guys give back fully ten percent of your profits to the community and to various charities. Um, so first of all, was that the understanding from the get-go? And second of all, I'm sure you guys have investors. Do you ever get pushback on that? Because obviously the classic pr purpose of a corporation is to make maximum profit. So this is actually a profit. Very, yeah, very, <laughs> any very, business, <laughs> very counter-cultural. So I just would like to mm -hmm. hear more about how it evolved and how it's played out. For sure. And at Trek, um, we are really leveraging the spotlight on the cannabis industry as a platform to highlight that businesses can be successful with the social good mandate. Um, we developed 10% for Good, which is our program where we donate, as you mentioned, 10% of our gross profits back to the communities that we operate in. And it's really all um, based on consumer feedback. So every Thursday, we launch a campaign through our social platforms called Cause Thursdays. So if you follow us um, at Wink Cannabis, at B.Bliss, or at ThumbsUp.Brand, we're always polling and asking our followers um, what causes they would like us to donate to. Um, so when we started this journey with Trek, we made all of our potential investors aware of our aspirations when we went out to raise money. Um, it's included in our shareholders agreement. So you can rest assured that we didn't just accept anybody's money and all of our investors had to buy in to our commitment to do good. Um, I'd say in 2019, we had, a, a it was our first year in business. So we had... Um, a small pot that we were able to give back to 10 different charities. Um, but we did spend a lot of our time with four of them. Um, one being Dress for Success, which empowers women. Um, another one called House, 
um, No More Dreams, a not-for-profit incubator program for young creative entrepreneurs. Um, Evergreen, which helps create um, Canadian cities with low carbon footprint and it's really about giving back to, to the environment there. And then lastly, cannabis amnesty. Um, and that's fighting for, for cannabis pardons and justice for Canadians harmed by cannabis prohibition and the historical policies. So we were super thrilled and excited that we were able to give back to those, those charities in 2019. Um, this year so far, we've, you know, with uh, a lot of the social issues going around in the world, um, we had the opportunity to give back to the Australia fires in January. Um, in mm-hmm. May, we donated to Food Banks Canada to help with COVID-19. Um, and this month, we are donating 10% of our profits to Black Lives Matter. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Um, that's a really neat initiative and I think so great to show business uh, can be more than just just the profits um so and it's like it's honestly it's something that is that everyone on our team is passionate about and um I would say that it's the reason why I wake up every morning to to run track but it's also the reason why our entire team is is super passionate and excited about and it also means that we have to work uh 10% harder so that we could uh be able to give 10% of our gross profits back to to the communities Amazing. Uh, well, we always like to end with our uh, money win segment, which is our quick tip or a purchase we feel good about or a way we saved or invested money. So, Trang, do you have a money win for us this week? Um, I recently purchased a Peloton. And oh, yes. I think- Yay, you're our second <laughs> guest who shouted out the Very Peloton. on track. <laughs> yeah. um, and for me, it's Honestly, it's been my best investment during COVID, um, a good investment for your body and your mind. Um, I, I would say that I was one of those patrons of a Barry's Boot Camp or a Ride Cycle Club in Toronto, and I was very motivated by working out with a lot of people around me. So I found that um, during quarantine, I was living a very sedentary lifestyle that I needed to make a change there. So the Peloton has definitely helped and my body and mind is thanking me for it. Amazing. That's so, so cool. <laughs> yeah, and the other, to, how often are you yeah. using it? Can I like ask about your yeah, Peloton I mean, usage? Sure, the first month I think I clocked um, I was on almost a daily schedule. I think I might have missed like five days of the, the month of, uh, of May, um, although June has been a little bit more um, a little bit more stressful at work and a little bit more time consuming, time demanding. So I've been trying to average about three to four rides a week. Amazing. But it's super fun because you actually um, can follow your friends and they can follow you and you can video or virtually um, get them onto your screen and do the same class. So you see your friends cycle at the same time that you are in their in your own homes. That's very cool. Do you do that with some of your friends? Yes. 
um, a couple of them <laughs> in the cannabis industry and then some of my, oh my um, old colleagues from Deloitte. So although we are in isolation, we still feel pretty connected um, when we book those ride classes. That's so fun. Yeah. That, that to me is the thing I miss the most about no, no gyms being open. Yeah, is, is nice time to see being able to work out with other yeah. people. Yeah. And That's I would cool. say the other purchase, I'm actually just looking at it right now from my condo, is uh, um, I have this balcony that I've never uh, done anything with in, in the last three years. But um, I've really now extended my living space from our, our tiny condo onto the patio. So being able to deck it with patio tile, some furniture, some plants. Um, so it really helps with um, spending more time at home to be able to spend it outside on the patio as well. That's yeah. nice. And especially now that summer is here and the weather's so gorgeous. I went out yesterday and I was just like, it's so beautiful out. You could almost forget about all of the horrible things that are happening in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the sunshine <laughs> does, does do that. Yeah. Uh, Les, what's your money win? Uh, actually inspired by cycling, etc. Mine is a win um, that I've been a member of for a while. This is kind of lame, but it's the Bike Share Toronto. So it's sort of the Bixie bikes. Oh, yeah. Obviously, during COVID, you need to be a bit more careful about your hand sanitizer and your gloves and like systems like that. But they are fully open. I've actually been a member for probably the last two or three years. And you get like a f- little fob for your keychain. Um, If you pay for the year membership, you can also rent them for, I think, a day, for a week. And how they work is you, like any bike share um, in other cities, but you basically can, you download the app. There's a whole bunch of places you can pick up a bike and you just can only take it for for, um, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But you can go for a longer bike ride because you can just then return it to another stand and just take a new bike. So you can actually go out for like a few hours and just keep kind of popping by which then I use for my like water breaks so (laughs) while my bike which I haven't been able to get repaired yet and tuned up for the new season I'm a big fan of the Toronto bike share and just want to put it out there to people as an eco-friendly healthy commuting option as long as you're you know sort of COVID prepared I have to check that out I love bike share I've been a long time fan too yeah um so mine is kind of inspired by Trek's mission, um, but I made a donation to an initiative that I think is just beautiful. Um, Obviously, you can donate to Black Lives Matter. There's also in Canada the Black Legal Action Committee, which specifically provides legal services to Black and low-income people. Um, But another initiative that you just is less well-known, but I just think it's beautiful, is called Black Girls Breathing. And Mm. it is Mm. a GoFundMe, or it's called GoFundWomen, actually, to provide free meditation and breathwork classes for Black women for a year. Um, And they have a stretch goal of $50,000, which they're going to spend on marketing and staff and overhead goals. Um, I love that. And yeah, I just, I work part-time in the wellness space as a meditation teacher and it is so obvious that it is inaccessible to most people who are not wealthy white women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think these types of initiatives that are explicitly inclusive are so important. So I'll post a link to it. I highly recommend it, um, checking out and supporting. And yeah. That's so great. Joanna, you will have to... 
submit that on our cause Thursday, this Thursday, um, maybe I think it would fit really well under our blist brand. I will Whoa. do as an org- as an organization that we should look into. I will obviously nice. push for it too, but um, if you follow us at b.blist on Thursday, you'll have the opportunity to type in a comment box um, what organizations we should look at. Awesome. I will do That's it. That's so good to know. Thanks for sharing that, Joanna. That sounds really interesting and important and unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much, Trang. I know, so background, we were supposed to have this big party in Toronto this spring called Women in Weed, which we do every year. And Trang was going to be on the panel with a bunch of other amazing women. And then COVID hit and you know the end of that story. So hopefully we'll still be able to do that, Trang, and actually be able to meet in person. Yeah, I was so excited for that. And it was sad that it got postponed, but understandably. So I, I hope that... Um, once the regulations and rules allow for uh, more people to get together, that we can we can do that towards the end of this year. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Awesome. Hope okay. So. Well, have an amazing day, and we'll sign off with love and dividends. Yeah, Thank so you. Much Thank you for having me, Joanna and Leslie. Have a wonderful week. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love and Dividends podcast. If you got value from this podcast, please share it with another woman who could benefit from the information that we shared. And please consider rating us and leaving us a review on iTunes. It really helps with new podcasts. If you have questions about finances and investing, have suggestions for future topics or guests, please let us know. You can shoot us a DM on Instagram, love and dividends, or you can send us an email at hello at loveanddividends.com. With love and dividends.